You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. It was kind of a quiet weekend. And then all of a sudden, late yesterday, started to get a little buzz that the Patriots had a new quarterback. Cam Newton, come on down. A marriage of convenience. Hadn't heard much about Cam Newton other than he was working out, but he had no leverage. That's why Patriots probably pounced and said, we can get this guy if he happens to uh, catch lightning in a bottle and we revisit 2015. That Cam Newton, this could be great. And if it doesn't work out, not costing us anything. Although you might say, does it impede the progress or potential progress of Jared Stidham, uh, their young quarterback there? There is that you know, chance that that happens. But I think you got to give Cam Newton a real shot here at starting for the New England Patriot. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We will talk to Keith Oberman of ESPN. He has already tweeted out that he thinks the World Series happening is 0%. We'll talk to him while he, while he uh, why he's a uh, buzzkill on this. So Keith will join us coming up a little bit later on. We'll uh, check in with what's going on with the NBA. Uh, camp's starting to open up. Still some players a little bit nervous about this. Baseball camps open up on Wednesday. NFL not taking any disciplinary action with Tom Brady and or Russell Wilson with having these uh, public workouts with their teammates. I don't know if the NFL is going to do that, but... They're getting criticized here. And also the Players Association is saying, you know, we got to protect our players in putting them in these positions. If you're going to have workouts and what kind of safety guidelines do you have in place? Tom Brady is no stranger to controversy. He was involved in Spygate. As McLovin likes to say, he was tangentially, <laughs> tangentially involved, right? Uh, he, he picked up intel to use against Teams like the Bengals down the road. And he was at the center of deflate, Gay. He's involved in something else completely now, and it's different. You know, you got the Buck teammates who have been working out. The NFL Players Association president, Demoris Smith, he weighed in. He said that the union's trying to figure out how the season will work with the fear of players getting COVID. And uh, Smith wants players to pause until everything gets sorted out. So he's saying to the players, let's wait make sure you guys are safe. Meanwhile, Tom Brady and Russell Wilson are holding workouts with some teammates. Now we're debating competitiveness versus safety with a healthy dose of financial reality thrown in there. Brady isn't the only player doing this, but for the first time in a couple of decades, he's getting used to a new team and a new system. He's as competitive as any athlete we've ever seen and the league and union want him to stop. So it'll be interesting to see what he does next as the most unusual offseason in NFL history rolls on. And I understand why the NFL would have a problem with this. And now the NFL Players Association has a problem with this. But it's hard for the NFLPA to be arguing this when your star player, Tom Brady, is holding these workouts. I also saw something over the weekend from the NFL Network uh, might have been Friday, late Friday that I saw this. Had to do with Colin Kaepernick and uh, on NFL Total Access. Uh, you know who had this report, McLovin? Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network. Okay. So Mike was saying on NFL Total Access, teams are getting closer to making a potential move 
on Colin Kaepernick. And he uh, says, quote, teams are circling around here, getting closer, I believe, certainly closer than they've been in recent years. Now, you might say, why not just go directly to Kaepernick, go directly to his agent? Uh, Why do you have to play this game where you're talking, uh, working the periphery, just more of the same, question mark? That would be a fair point. My understanding, at least to explain it from a team's perspective, is they're still doing their homework, still doing their research. When they get to the point where they're confident enough that they think they can work out a contract, that's when there'll be direct communication with the agent. But for now, we all see more positive signs that Kaepernick could be back in the league soon. I don't know who you're talking to with Colin Kaepernick. Unless Kaepernick knows these teams are talking to his friends or associates, and he can sort of be filtering information here. I don't, I mean... I'm just trying to figure out, hey, do we want Colin Kaepernick? Do we think we can play, he can play? How about we talk to him? Why are we talking to his friends or associates? How about we just talk to him? Hey, Colin, it's uh, the Baltimore Ravens. It's John Harbaugh. Just want to see, do you want to play? Um, yeah, I'd like to play. Uh, but I don't know if I want to go into Baltimore where I don't get a chance to start. Well, still love to have you. You'd be great backup. You could offer some guidance with Lamar Jackson. And, uh, you know, I can have my owner. And, uh, you know, Steve can give you a call and we can work out some financial deals. This is what we have. This is the money we have. We just want to see. Because if not, then we have to make other plans. Like, it, is that far-fetched? And then I could say to Colin Kaepernick, hey, I want to see where your priorities are because we're all in with you. We understand what you've been doing and we stand with you. But we want to know, is football going to be paramount? Is that going to be priority number one? Okay. I don't think I need to go to his associates unless I go to his girlfriend and talk to her because she's very powerful in this decision. Like, why are teams, you know, when I hear these teams... The Eagles, you know, Doug Peterson. Yeah, you know, we would consider bringing him. Nobody's saying we're going to bring him in or we talk to him. We want to talk to him. I mean, everybody has to say the following. Oh, yeah, we would consider it. Because if you don't, then what are you saying? And might not be fair to those teams if they say, no, we're not interested in Colin Kaepernick, even though a majority of the teams aren't interested in Colin Kaepernick for a variety of reasons. One could be business. Another one could be, you know, he's not going to be our starting quarterback or we like our backup quarterback. But it just feels like we keep dancing around this. I just want to know if he wants to play. That's all. Because there are a lot of people spending a lot of time talking on his behalf. Do you want to play, and, does, and, and would you join a team if you're not going to start? If, if you go to Kansas City, you know you're not going to play with Patrick Mahomes. But the reason why the backup quarterback is so important this year is because of the pandemic. That's why teams have really gone out of their way to make sure they have a legitimate backup quarterback. Because you can't lose a quarterback for two weeks or three weeks unless you have a quarterback who can step in. You know, the Bears went out and got Nick Foles. Now, 
they may have gotten Nick Foles because he might be better than Mitchell Trubisky, but you have a backup quarterback there. And that's what you need. And that's why I think somebody is going to look at Colin Kaepernick and say he would be a good backup quarterback in here. And it could be Kansas City. It could be Baltimore. I always thought Seattle, but that didn't work out for whatever reason. But I just, it always feels like these stories are not really stories. Hey, would you consider bringing in Colin Kaepernick? Of course I would. Okay, but I'm not. So it's an obvious answer, but it's not really an answer. It just feels like it's automated. Yeah, Paul. That's kind of what it feels like to me that some NFL reporter called a dozen of his GM buddies and said, hey, are you guys going to consider Colin Kaepernick? Well, of course, we look at any player that would help our program. Cool, cool. Then he calls a dozen more, and then, then he gets like seven. Yeah, we would think about that, a very casual, vague, we think about it. And then he releases a story. At least seven teams interested in Colin Kaepernick. It seems like that's where the stories go to, because once you, you never hear anyone on the record, any GM on the record, say, yeah, we've reached out to him, invited him and his people to our facility for a chat. You haven't heard one report of that. Now, I just want to know, do you want to play? And are you comfortable being a backup quarterback? Just to start. You know, that's it. Because the other stuff, it just doesn't mean it. It's all talk. And that's all we've had for years. It's just talk. Until somebody says, we're going to bring him in for a workout. And that's why when Pete Carroll said, well, I heard from a team. They wanted to uh, know about Colin Kaepernick. Pete Carroll, I'm not calling Pete Carroll. What does Pete Carroll know about Colin Kaepernick? How much time did he spend with Colin Kaepernick? Very little. What, an hour? He didn't even work out for him. I'd be calling Jim Harbaugh. If they allowed me to talk to Greg Roman, who was the offensive coordinator with San Francisco when they had Kaepernick there, those would be the people that I would ask. Hey, what are your, you got any concerns? And if, and you know, Jim Harbaugh would give you his honest opinion on this, of who he thinks Kaepernick is and what kind of player he still thinks he is. Roman may have a harder time, conflict of interest there with the Ravens. But, you know, there aren't that many people I'd be calling. Other than I'd start with his agent and Kaepernick. I'd have his girlfriend involved in it as well. But, you know, the other stuff, we just, we're just dancing. You're slow dancing and the lights aren't on. Like, there's nothing going on here. But... I saw the story with uh, uh, NFL Total Access, and I thought, well, all right, if Cam Newton's getting signed, maybe Kaepernick. Because Kaepernick's not going to make a lot of money coming in as a backup. It's been misreported at, that he made $60, 70000000 million with a lawsuit in the, with the NFL with collusion. And I was told it's probably closer to $5 million that he made. Uh, Cam Newton's salary, you know, there's incentives in there, so he's got a chance to make $7.5 million. A.J. McCarron makes $2 million. Case Keenum, one and a half. Chase Daniel, $1.25. These are guys that are making the same amount of money as Cam Newton. Chad Henney, $1.2. Matt Barkley, $1.2. Jeff Driscoll makes a $1 million. Not exactly. Those guys all had $10 million signing bonuses. So oh. There's a Chase Daniels trending because he's making more than uh, Cam and Winston combined right now. Oh, I saw this. Adam Lefko. Uh, Chase Daniels being paid more than Jameis Winston and Cam Newton combined. When I grow up, I want to be Chase Daniel. 
Let's do career sound. I think we do this every year with Chase Daniel. It gets better every year. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, but his salary does. Chase Daniel might be the greatest preseason quarterback of all time. I don't know if they have stats. I don't know if they, they hand out that label. But uh, do we have career salary for Chase Daniel? Sure we do, Dan. Now, we have to preface this by saying Chase Daniel was awesome in Missouri and in August. Thank you. <laughs> he started five games, and three of those five are in the past two years. It was a lot more fun when we had only started two games in nine years. Thank you. He's two and three as a starter. He's got seven touchdown passes. Six. I don't care about that. I want to know his money. I know, but just the prefaces. Prefaces. Six touchdowns in the past. He's hot in 18 and 19. He's on fire. What do you guess he's made in his career, past tense? $27 million. Way low. He's $34 million in 11 years, and he's due. Oh, man. This guy's awesome. So he got nine more coming up here? That's right. He's got actually uh, <laughs> he's got 13 more on the books for the next three years for the Lions. He will make $47 million. I like it. And assuming he starts three more games for 10 starts. And then he'll come in and replace Dan Orlovsky at ESPN. His agent should get an award. A couple of phone calls here. Uh, best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like over the weekend. Let's go to Megan in Michigan. Hi, Megan. Hi, BP. How are you? Great. What's on your mind, Megan? Um, so I just want to throw in, since I've been watching a little more lately, five, three, buck, 30. Um, I am a medium-time viewer for time caller. I just wanted to um, share a parallel with the uh, quiet weekend that turned interesting, okay. as you said. Um, worst was sitting in the ER trauma hall with a concussion. Oh, um, I didn't have any available beds. And uh, best was having the most amazing husband to be with me uh, during that. He's a longtime viewer, tries to get me to watch every morning while he's working from home. And we've kind of bonded a lot over watching you guys. So I just want to say you've been a, a, a big source of joy during this uh, crazy COVID time. So, uh, Meg, Meg, how did you get into the hospital? Oh, concussion. <laughs> I, I know. How did you get oh. the concussion? Um, my daughter left a uh, cabinet open, and I was reaching down to get an ant really quick, and I figured she was going to move it, and she uh, she didn't. She doesn't have reflexes like I do, uh, and came right up and hit that. And then, uh, so I didn't go into the hospital that evening, but the uh, second day, um, I was pulling weeds with my middle daughter, Penelope, and uh, we went for the same weed, and she bumped my head again. <laughs> oh, my God. So then I finally went uh, and got diagnosed with a concussion and all that. And yeah. Did you go into the concussion protocol, Megan? You know, my husband is not happy that I'm calling you. I was trying to keep it a secret, but my kids gave it away. Um, He wants me in the dark doing nothing. And I just, I felt like I needed to take this time an opportunity to thank him for everything that he's done because I've had some other health issues going on. I'm only 40. I'm a teacher, mama three. And, uh, it's been, it's been quite crazy, but, um, you know, we've bonded over a, a lot watching you guys. And, uh, it's, you know, as a female, I, I, I played soccer most of my life and, you know, I'm pretty big into sports, but I'm starting to get more into it as we watch you guys. And I just, I think more females should watch. Well, thank you. Thank you, Megan. And she's obviously concussed. She's obviously, yeah. Nobody likes us that much, right? Yeah, yeah. 
I wonder if they, they if women if women like, tune in. I have the greatest husband in the world, yeah. a sure sign of concussion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My kids are the best. They always listen to me. I wonder if we <laughs> sound a lot better than we look because you know, growing up you never saw people on radio, you just heard their voices and then you would imagine what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. And then we we've removed that. Then you go, man, got a nice voice there. And then all of a sudden you go, Oh, <laughs> Yes, Paulie. When we go to these meet and greets occasionally, the yeah. worst thing that's ever been said to me, a guy who saw me in person goes, he goes, oh, that's right, you didn't play sports. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I don't look that out of shape. Yeah. I usually get, uh, you, uh, you're, you look thinner in person or uh, you're taller than I thought. Like, there's never anything that's like, wow, yeah. those are blue eyes. Right, because ultimately what they're saying is, because I get this too about either being tall or like, wow, you're not nearly as heavy as I thought you were going to be, which means that they're just saying about how fat I look on TV. Uh, Cheryl in Charlotte <laughs> joins us on the show. Hi, Cheryl in Charlotte, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. I'm so excited. I love your show. I listen to the podcast every single day. Um, I was going to do Best the Worst of the Weekend, but... I'm I'm a little upset today. Um, I was supposed to be getting in my car this afternoon with my husband to drive to Winston-Salem to see you accept a media award. Oh, you were going down for the Broadcasting Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Oh. I even called before it was canceled like three times saying, when are you putting the tickets on sale? And then it got canceled. Oh. But before it got canceled, because I was so excited... To meet you, I had a special T-shirt made in your honor. Do you want to send it to me? Well, I sent a picture, and I'll have one made in your size if you'd like it. Um, I sent it a picture and email. It's the first in a series of literary libations to Tila <laughs> Mockingbird. <laughs> Well, thank you, Cheryl. That's very sweet of you. We're going to put you on hold. Marvin's done a great job with phone calls today and uh, all positive. <laughs> well done, Marvin. We're going to get uh, we'll get uh, some T-shirts out to Cheryl. If there's anybody else that's concussed and wants to call in, please. Yeah. <laughs> please do. She didn't say she'd had a concussion, but she certainly sounded like <laughs> Megan. Yeah. We're huge in the concussed community. Yeah. yeah. If, if she started to say how much she loved her husband and she's in a dark room, then we would have known. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Keith Oberman is going to bring the morale down. Uh, <laughs> well, well, no, just because he, he, he tweeted to me, I don't know, it was a week ago, chance of World Series happening, 0%. <laughs> He'll uh, give his explanation on that. We'll catch up with uh, Keith Oberman coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. More phone calls coming up. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. McLevin, update the poll results. This is interesting. Which Super Bowl would you rather see, the uh, Bucks Patriots or Chiefs Cowboys? Sixty percent say Chiefs Cowboys. Right. Yeah, we're just curious if somehow the Patriots and Buccaneers would meet in the Super Bowl. Yeah, have Cam against uh, Tom Brady. He is uh, ESPN Sports Center senior anchor. He's Keith Oberman joining us from uh, 
New York City. Beautiful skyline there, KO. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Did you insist to be called a senior anchor? No, as you know from your own experience, simple uh, simple explanation was I just started calling myself. That. Uh, I'll wait till somebody. I'll wait till I get eighty seven memos in probably about six months saying, "Don't call yourself that." And I said, "It's not in a row." Uh, I'm not trying to claim I've been been there consistently since 1989. Just sort of intermittently. I didn't know if it had to do with age that you're a senior, and that's why you're a senior you know, anchor. It, I, it's probably that as well. I hadn't gone through the math on that. And you don't, I mean, the next, my competitor for this role and the person who has it in terms of continuous service is Linda Cohn. And a gentleman does not ask the lady her age. So I would, I would say, no, I'm more senior than Linda. There's no doubt about that. Well, we never got, I don't think in trouble calling ourselves the big show by management, right? We just had a couple other shows, the earlier sports center that had a problem with us calling ourselves the big show, but I don't think management was upset. Were they? Uh, well, you may recall that that was the uh, origin of the ad campaign. Yes. Because they said, don't stop calling it the big show. People don't understand it's sports center. It's like you have a graphic over everybody's face. There's a big sign and everything says sports center and ESPN on it. Why do, how is it that that's not enough that we can't just sort of occasionally call it? No. So that's then, then the result was, OK, this is Sports Center, And the next thing we knew, they've been running the same damn commercials for 35 years. So, well, not quite that long, but you know what I mean. But we got called in. That was the infamous meeting that, that we got called in upstairs. The the infamous no. meeting. OK, that, uh, one of. But that was the one where they, they were rattling the saber there. That was the most memorable one. But that's where they insisted we stop calling ourselves the big show. And Keith said. We don't know how many people are watching. We're kind of making fun of ourselves, calling ourselves the big show. We're not. And yeah. then everybody took us seriously. Like, you guys really think you're the big show? We go, no. We well, no, the, the alternate was the long show. Because if you recall, when we started using that phrase, they had just expanded every night's 11 o'clock show or 1130 show to an hour. And my point in just starting, having come from the world directly of local news for the preceding seven or eight years i was used to you know occasionally i'd do an hour half an hour of post game on a world series on a local station in la something like that but an hour of highlights and it, everything changing at the last second as you know and i maybe the i don't know 15th or 16th commercial break we ever threw to i turned to you and said dan <laughs> this is a big show <laughs> and <laughs> you, yes yes it is and i said i i I feel like I'm going to call it that at some point. Don't don't swear. So, uh, yeah. and then in this meeting, you know, we get yelled at because you must call. This is Sports Center, and then this Keith, is Sports Center. Yeah, and so Keith said, "All right, bleep them. We're going to say this is Sports Center." <laughs> and we that night, I remember we finished the first 15 minutes, the A block. And we went to break. Coming up on the show, blah, 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 blah. This is Sports Center. And I go, yes. okay, here we go. Or variations of this is Sports Center or this is Sports Center. <laughs> and, uh, and the rest is history because when they came time to do an advertising campaign for it, the guys, Hank Perlman and the guys from Wyden and Kennedy said, you know what? We really should call it this is Sports Center. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I have, as you, uh, I have received 
you know, zero dollars <laughs> yeah. any yeah. of that. Oh, I, a- but remember the Christmas gift we got the cassette of uh, the oh, the commercials. Well, that's much later. I was thinking of the year we got the Ripken game. You remember that? Oh. <laughs> we got the the Christmas gift for the entire company was a VHS of uh, my classmate Chris Berman calling calling the Ripken game. And uh, and you know I, I love Chris and I've known him since 1971. But this is the first VHS cassette I ever had that unwrapped itself and jumped into your VHS and hit play and was already. I mean, and you hit mute and it and it came out and unmuted and you heard it. All right. Um, let me get to your uh, field of expertise, which is. Yeah, boy, I wish this uh, this were happier conversation here. But I don't okay, think when did you come to the uh, conclusion that there is zero percent chance of the World Series being played this year? Well, I, I was still holding out hope in March, but really since then it's been a slide downhill, and it's an accelerating slide downhill. I did, this is just this morning's headlines. Okay, the top seven states in terms of COVID spike in this country. California, Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, and Michigan. That's 14 of the 30 teams play in the places where the disease is the worst at the moment. And this is by all metrics. This isn't just, oh, we've got more tests, therefore we have more positives. This is hospitalizations. This is people who are really sick. This is people who are asymptomatic. All metrics, percentage of population, percentage of positive tests is out of control. 14 of the 30 teams play in these states, and that's just the top seven. You could probably make a longer list. In Texas, hospitalizations doubled in the last 18 days. Florida's infections are five times what they were two weeks ago. 33% of ER cases who show up for something else like, you know, car accidents and, and overdoses and things, they test positive for it. There's a Planet Fitness in West Virginia. One guy was positive with symptoms on June 24th. He was there between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. 205 people have been told to quarantine for the next 14 days. And two of the older twins coaches have reportedly been told to stay home because uh, they're 66 and 68 years old and they have uh, health histories. That's just this morning. And we're still living in a world in which, for whatever reason and for whatever validity you put to it or not, this is irrelevant to that. You know, gatherings of 50 or more people are discouraged. How many people are going to be required to put on a baseball game? And even at Yankee Stadium, things have calmed down here. We're in good shape. We've all wore our masks and everybody still wears a mask and they do a pretty good job of it, except for some of the millennials on Friday nights because you can't drink through the mask. But the, the what are you going to do in Houston? What are you going to do if somebody gets sick and not just players, but the support crew? There's going to be people cleaning the stadiums and people cleaning the, the locker rooms, the clubhouses. Where are they going to go if there's no hospital bed? The, the thing is so disastrous in potentiality that I'm, I'm terrified by it, in addition to the idea that, the, that, that what, this is without the idea of what happens if players get sick. What, ha- what happens if players get sick? What happens if, if somebody gets a, a career-altering injury because it affects your lungs and it can affect your organs? And, you know, the odds are pretty good somebody young is going to get sick as a result. Of it. But you have leagues in Europe, you, you know, soccer, that are able to pull this off. Uh, yeah. And... and- in countries in, that have been, you know, go outside without a mask and somebody comes over and tells you to go back inside. And, you know, they, there, there haven't been, there have been some protests. There haven't been riots about it. There haven't been people showing up with guns in, in capitals demanding that they have the right to go out and, you know, 
just I always think of it this way. If you, if it were if you stop thinking about it as a disease, but imagine it as an invasion from another planet, like in Mars attacks, would you really be demanding the right to go outside if the government said, hey, listen, <laughs> they can't find you if you're inside. Why don't you stay inside? And watch TV. <laughs> it's the golden age of television. Everybody you've ever heard of has their own show and or podcast. Just watch for a little while. They're showing every baseball game ever recorded. There's two no hitters going on in my TV inside this window right now. I got hot the other day. I had three channels with Ben Scully on it. This is this is the golden time to stay inside. Now I'm fortunate enough to have a balcony, so I you know I'm I'm not one to speak about this, but that's the reason you know I, we we really did miss the, the the hint long ago. It should have been wear a mask and we'll be able to have sports again this summer. But I just don't, I don't know how it how it's proceeding, and I and I'm terrified. Having read this, uh, the thing that really sent me over the edge was the Major League Soccer protocols where they're going to have the players all sequestered and they're all, all everybody connected to the game is going to be in the hotel at the complex in Florida. Uh, and the people who are going to be bringing them food and serving them meals and cleaning the rooms, they're not. They go home every night. So they'll be commuting. So the bubble that the soccer players are in is not a bubble. Well, it's same thing with the NBA, but Keith. It, yeah, and no, is that is that I've been trying to find out is that what the NBA is doing? Everybody else in the complex goes home at night. Yeah. Then, then uh, I took like one class forty-five years ago, or whatever the hell it was, that touched on pandemics and and diseases that spread through a population. And this is what I remember of it, which is you want to avoid it, you have to cut off uh, possible exposure to it. And if you don't have a full bubble, you don't have a bubble. It can't be, okay, this guy's standing here, but the guy standing next to him can go home at night. It makes no sense. And, and it's, it's not going to work. And baseball doesn't even have any of that. There are going to be people commuting throughout this city to Yankee Stadium. They're out this metropolitan area to Yankee Stadium, and then the Yankees are going to get on a plane at some point and go to, and the Mets are, and every other team in the majors, and take whatever they have to another city. And this now takes us back to where we were at the start of the of March Madness. If they went ahead with March Madness, the disease would have been spread to Lord knows 400 other cities worth of germs. And I just it's it's it sounds all of this sounds to me like if you let management decide not what's really good and safe for everybody, but to decide what looks good and safe. And that's you know, that's it's, it's marketing is it's it's a. It's an illusion of a bubble, and I just think there has. And again, if I'm wrong on this, I will come on every day if you want me to and say, hi, I'm Keith. I was wrong about this. Good. I'm glad I was wrong about this. Uh, I, I, would be, I, I would be delighted to be getting into the subway or walking to Yankee Stadium right now if that was what was required to go see a game this afternoon rather than talking to you. I've been talking to you since 1984. I don't need to talk to you. <laughs> He but is. I don't, I don't think I'm wrong. He is a senior anchor. I think that's what it is. It's not senior. It's senior anchor. That, yeah, uh, yeah. Let me grow up my pencil thin mustache. ESPN Sports Center, senior anchor. Uh, how do you think history is going to view the Astros? Uh, it depends really on whether or not baseball is played today, this season. Honestly, it's connected to this. Because if there's no season, there will only be two stories for the whole year which was the failed attempt to get a season going, which will be summarized as it was a failed attempt and 17 players wound up in the hospital for six months. Uh, and the Astros, those would be the stories of 2020. 
if they play a season, if they get to a World Series, if I'm completely wrong about that, the Astros thing will have been not wiped from history, but it will be less of an urgency. The thing about, and we go back to the joke about the Ripken VHS tape, the thing about Cal Ripken and everything that happened in baseball in the aftermath of the strike and the lockout and the replacement players was not that somehow those things didn't happen, but they were knocked off the front page by Cal Ripken. That's what he did. And it was a, it was the kind of thing where I think people who like enjoy baseball would love to have the Astros story knocked off the front page. And surely it has been since the middle of March. But if they don't play any games this year, it'll be one of the two stories for 2020. And history will judge them as a slightly in worse shape than, say, the 1951 Giants, because we found out contemporaneously what they did. And there's some proof of it rather than. Basically, everybody, everybody, almost everybody was dead by the time the real story of how the 1951 Giants cheated using a telescope and signals from the outfield to make their miracle comeback. So it's something like it'll be something like that, a little bit worse. Do you think it would be good or bad for baseball if the Astros were to win this year? (laughs) I I think you could get away with it because there will always be. uh, And I did a piece on this for Sports Center. Sports history is what we decide it is. You know, the 1889 Brooklyn Dodgers won the American Association of Baseball League championship and played in the World Series. Uh, the 1890 team moved to the National League and played in the World Series as pennant winners from the National League. The Dodgers view their history as starting in 1890. They don't count 1889, even though the same team with the same players played in the same kind of World Series, only they changed leagues. We decide what it is. We decide what history is. And, you know, it's like Barry Bonds. In San Francisco and and that environment, he's the all-time home run hitter. And everywhere else, it's Hank Aaron. So history will decide what it is. This season is already open to complete interpretations. And, you know, as I said, that's under the best circumstances. You know, it's it's it's, it's a baseball season for the original purpose of having a baseball season, which is to provide a public service. And we see it more now than perhaps any of us living has ever has ever seen it before. Great to see you. Great to hear from you. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see how that 0.00% of a World Series. Hey, hey, I only think there's a 50% chance that they open the camps on time next week. So there you go. <laughs> You're Mr. Percentage here. Yes. Well, I, I did. I took uh, seventh grade math several times. So well, we're 100% done with the interview, though. Oh, okay. All right. See you in eight years. Okay, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Keith Oberman, senior anchor at uh, ESPN. We'll come back, get to your phone calls after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Time for our best and worst of the weekend. Some more phone calls coming up here. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck will ever need. Rockauto.com. Family business. They founded this back in 1999. Automotive engineers. They had two goals in mind. First, to give you direct access to all the parts information hidden in the computers and catalogs behind the parts store counter. Second, making those parts affordable by offering reliably low prices. At rockauto.com. Choose the part brands that you want and uh, the prices, features you want anytime. They're there 24-7. RockAuto.com. A lot of the parts you were probably told no longer available or dealer only. 
not with Rock Auto. Rock Auto, tell them we sent you, right, Dan Patrick, in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you all the parts your car, truck, whatever need at rockauto.com. Uh, let me get to Ryan in Connecticut, and then we'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Good, sir. What do you have? Yeah, so best of the weekend. Uh, last night finished season five of Better Call Saul. Uh, I wouldn't say it's better than Breaking Bad, but it is very good. And Bob Odenkirk, he is really a great actor. Yep. And now, and also worst of the weekend, I'm seeing the COVID cases increase. Uh, it's not looking good. Even the PGA Tour, they're getting a lot of positive cases. So how is the sport like basketball or baseball going to be able to get through it? I don't think so. Um, also, I'm supposed to start college in the fall. So hoping people wear masks and um, just want this thing to go away. So hope we're, we're all in this together. Thank you, Ryan. Clemson football, 14 players test positive for the virus. They have a total of 37 cases there. You know what's really hard that when players leave the field, when they're not under your supervision and they're going to be just, you know, college age students, they're going to be young players. I worry about them from five until midnight. You know, when they leave a facility, I saw an article. Uh, McLevin, did you print out the entire article? This is Wall Street Journal. Uh, No, but we will. Okay. Wall Street Journal had an article today. Sports comebacks biggest foe, nightclubs. Teams, as they reconvene, they're going to face a common problem, the night at the bar and uh, the possible outbreak. This is in the Wall Street Journal here. But uh, you're, you're trying to figure this out, and, and all of this is all about money. Yeah, I know that they want to say that they're doing something, you know, the uh, societal that's going to be beneficial. It, it will be. I don't know at what cost. I don't know collateral damage here. But do we want everybody back? Yes. I, I haven't heard anybody say, nope, I don't need sport. I don't want sports. I would love to have sports back. But I just don't know how it's possible. Even dealing with the bubble in Orlando, if the people who are there working go home, how do you know what happens when they go home or who they interact with? If they come in and clean the rooms once a week, you just start to add logic and do the math here, and it can be really, really troubling. Baseball, I have no idea how they're going to pull this off. Hope they do it. College football. I got Phil Fulmer, the athletic director of Tennessee. We're going to put 100,000 people in here. I'm going to take the under, Phil. But, but if you do, great. All for it. Can't wait. I just, I mean, golf, you socially distance in golf. And they have issues here. All right, let's go around the room. Uh, Todd, I'll start with you. Best and worst of the week. My best of the weekend. My daughter's annual dance recital was canceled due to the coronavirus, but the teachers arranged for the team to perform a social distance version at a nearby farm. We uh, sat in our cars and watched them do their dance at a a local farm, so they're able to salvage their year worth of uh, work. So uh, I appreciated that. The worst of the weekend, former NFL head coach and highly regarded offensive line coach back from the the Hogs days, Joe Bugle, passing away at the age of eight. McLovin, best and worst. So you turned me on to this, but the show Never Have I Ever, Mindy Kaling's sitcom on Netflix has John McEnroe's voiceover, and I finished it this weekend. John McEnroe's voiceover is so funny, and I don't know why. 
Has he always been? He's the funniest person I've ever heard. Just his I, little intonation. He has a great sense of humor. He just sometimes delivered delivered it in a serious manner. Right. But you can't tell if he's being serious yes. or not. It's incredible. Um, yeah, that's uh, my best and best. Todd's farm thing got me thrown off a little bit. Sorry. I don't understand why they were dancing at a farm, but I don't even need to know. Seton O'Connor, best and worst of the weekend. My best of the weekend, Christian Pulisic. He, I feel like he's had a bit of an uphill battle to get the respect of maybe it's, hmm. it's people or players or the media or whatever with the Premier League. He plays for Chelsea. But there's no doubt watching him grow as a player. He can clearly play at that level, and he's, he's pretty tremendous, and he's just been killing it lately. Um, it's a pretty exciting time for, for U.S. soccer, I think. Not to get too ahead of myself, as we do, <laughs> but he's only 21. And, uh, you know, he's just sky's the limit. Seaton comes in after he's this guy scores this unbelievable goal. And then Seaton goes, hey, I'm not saying. And then I, I go, don't say it. He not goes, saying. I'm not just, saying, but World Cup. A lot of young talent. <laughs> Got a lot of young talent. He's Killing the it. next Clint Dempsey. Oh, they're better than that. <laughs> Even better than Clint Dempsey. That's hot. Do you have a worst assist? Uh, oh, yeah. The worst of the weekend is Rudy Gobert. You know, he sort of like linked, you know, forever yeah. with uh, coronavirus. But he just uh, had said that he still has no sense of smell mm. from, you know, the, the symptoms of, of being sick. He still can't smell anything. That's just, this is wild. Yeah, McLovin. Because of allergies, I basically have no sense of smell. I'm going to admit full disclosure. And Will Leach has never had a, the sports writers never had a sense of smell. I can't smell much of anything. I don't know. Did you guys ever get that during allergy season? I don't have allergies. What? I thought everybody had some degree of allergies. I'm allergic to some things in this room. Yeah, so different smells and tastes are really hard for me. It, totally not that it, nothing to take away from Rudy Gobert. But you just tried to. I kind of topped Rudy Gobert. Yeah, because now you're cutting into Paulie's time. Because it's like, you should try having allergies sometime, yeah. Rudy. Yeah, not, not then COVID-19. see how bad things are. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the one thing, good thing about having allergies is you get to complain about it all the time. Yeah, but Rudy, Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus. Yeah. You got allergies. Try having seasonal allergies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul. I couldn't. I get shots. You know how annoying I, I that is? I couldn't get to you. Maybe it was your worst of the weekend, McLovin. Find out next. Final hour coming up. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show.